You are now listening to the Brand News Podcast. to Jurassic Park. This is like a very special episode. It is. <laughs> They're all very special. This one's very special in that we're spending the whole episode talking our top 10 Jurassic Park. I, I don't like, I don't know, memories, yes, but th- we're just talking Jurassic Park and we pick 10 things that associate with Jurassic Park that we like and we remember from not only our youth, but... I'm sure it'll break snap. down into ramblings, but somewhere all within you know, the world of Jurassic Park. When uh, when Amanda asked me last night what we were doing uh, for the show, right? Uh, I said, Jurassic Park. Okay. And she looked at me like, are you serious? I'm like, what? She's like, and you want to keep this at an hour. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, y- your first tangent is going to be an hour. Yeah. And uh, she's like, you have to go to work. Just remember that. <laughs> well, we have to make money somehow. And... Uh, Speaking of making money, Jurassic Park, at its release in 1993, was the largest grossing movie of all time, only to be defeated by James Cameron, only to be defeated by, wait, it still hasn't been defeated, right? Titanic? Yeah. Uh, Jurassic World won for the year, I believe. I don't know. There's, if you, a Jurassic movie, if it's done mm-hmm. right... It's going to make mo- money. And there's yeah. only been two that have been done right. I mean, the first, just the first movie alone at this point has grossed over a billion dollars. Yeah, that movie's fantastic. I mean, it was in theaters. It was nine months after its release. Right. It was still in 900 theaters across the country. Right. Do you remember seeing this in the theater? I didn't see it in a theater. You didn't? No. What? I saw it at Shankweiler's Drive-In. Well, it's a theater. That's it's a drive-in theater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just call it a drive-in. What am I? I'm, what am I? English? Ooh, the drive-in theater. If anyone's listening on the West Coast, they're much more prevalent than they are here. But there are still two in our area, and you find one. The one used to be a porno theater. My dad <laughs> used to sneak into through the woods and pop up a chair up in the back. What Becky's? Becky's. Yeah, really? they used to show porns, which you could see the screen from the highway. That's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. I was like back in the seventies. But yeah, my I remember he stuck me in. And remember that Bronco two I told you about with the pullover? Yeah, right. Thing? Pop the hatch, hop in the back. Right. Yeah, we used to kind of we do the same thing in my dad's full size Bronco. Yep, two adults. Yeah, that's stealing in the in the eighties. So I saw this at the AMC down the street, which I seen. I mean, it, this this billionth movie I've said I've seen this at the AMC down the street, and I remember being in the kitchen scene, being scared shitless. I was 11 at the time when this came out, <clears throat> and I just remember being awestruck at the same time, also scared out of my mind. Yeah. 
and it was a uh, uh, fantastic. And then being obsessed, spending the next that summer being obsessed with Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. I read th- I read the novel as soon as I saw. I the tried. Movie. I mean, it, I got through it. It took me a while. Yeah. I mean, I, s- I don't know if I finished it in less time than it did to finish Atlas Shrugged, <laughs> but it's also like you know a thousand pages less. Uh, I've read the novel so many times. I read it three times in the last since Jurassic World's come out. Yeah, I want to go back, but yeah, don't I mean, even say it. I got to get a new copy though, because mine I can't find my good copy. All I have is my spider copy that I used to kill wolf spiders with. I've got the Barnes and Noble uh, Gilded Edges Ooh. double cut. Co- it's it's got both books in it with the I'd, leather bag. I'd, I'd ask you to borrow it, but I got I got a little thing in my house that would look at that and go, oh, that looks delicious. You'll wind up whipping she, it out of spider, she, No, no. She loves bookbinding. Ah. Yeah, it's the greatest chew toy on the face of the earth. She actually, like, cuts off the pages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've read it on my Kindle squeezer, because this uh, is 2017. I I, to quote John Hammond, I need something that you could feel and touch. I could touch and feel my Kindle. Yeah, it's not the same. It is. I gotta it looks just like a it, paper page. Yes, it's called a paper white. Yes, I know, but I don't feel the pages. I don't hear the pages turn. I think this is something you're clinging on to, but you're just clinging on to it because you're, cling- you're saying you're clinging on to it. I think if you actually bought a Kindle and started reading on it, you wouldn't miss the pages at all. I th- yeah, well, I probably wouldn't miss the pages I think at all. The because viewers can agree with me there. I don't even have the time to actually, not even the time, the attention span to sit down and even read the Kindle. Like I'm, I'm still finishing up that one issue of National Geographic where they're going to bring back woolly mammoths, and that was from 2014, I think. So I'm I almost get, done with I that. I gave article. you my copy of Timeline two years ago. I found it. No. Oh. Yeah. He's still taking that bath. I, I, I'm gonna get, <laughs> I'm gonna get to Timeline and Michael Crichton later. Which I flew through that. Like in three well, days, I got to that point in three days, and I read, I reread Jurassic Park, and I might do it again. Why? Why I'm waiting for Axe to come out at Firefly Music Festival on my phone. I just pull up Jurassic Park and read it. And I've gotten good at reading during loud concerts and bat games, and it doesn't affect my attention. I'm right in. But yeah, so this, and we are at a weird age. At 11, like you start to get older, and you don't want to play with toys as much. Mm-hmm. And you don't want your friends to know you you want those toys. Yeah, you kind of lie about you it. You kind of lie, but you want it. So you want yeah. every piece of cheesy tie-in material. I remember Toys R Us sold this. This remember those tents that had, uh, and we've talked about these from the Wish Book, that had the, the the white plastic tubes that went to the connectors, and then this it came with this vinyl tent sure. that would go over it. There was this Jurassic Park one, and I wanted it so bad. I was like, that would be so cool. But I'm like, God, if anyone finds out, I have yeah. that at school. I was already sleeping in my Marlboro <laughs> sleeping bag that my dad uh, uh, there, procured for me. There was also a pretty badass Jurassic Park sleeping bag, but you couldn't you couldn't buy it with uh, Marlboro points. <laughs> <laughs> you had to put a hard cold cash for that one. Uh, there was Jurassic Park, everything, backpack, yeah. some things we're going to talk about later. The act- Kenner action figure line, which we talked about in the Kenner uh, episode was so badass and it flew off the shelves for Kenner. That was one of their highest uh, selling toy lines ever. And, and um, yeah, Jurassic Park spawned. It also reinvigorated people's love of dinosaurs. The people going into the field of paleontology, uh, I don't have the exact numbers, but I know I read that it was quantified by the movie. Like it went up. Well, I could say personally, and first, uh, before we move on from Kenner, they made $100 million that first year. 
profit. Kenner. Oh. Off that toy line. Uh, but on the science thing, <coughs> I was telling you I found a, we joke, you know, sometimes we shouldn't. It's a serious thing about being on the spectrum when we were kids, being a little yeah, weird. Yeah, right. Well, I found legit paperwork. And, uh, yeah, I probably should have been on something. Cause <laughs> should have been or should've. still should be? Uh uh, still, sh- I fixed myself, I think. I mean, I'm talking on a podcast right now. Okay. But according to the Stanford testings, uh, my social communication skills rated it at about a 20 to 30, uh. which is well below average. However, my writing, if I were to write to you to communicate, I was in like the 70s, 80s. That's like a ninth grade. Mm. But my sciences uh, were in like the 80s throughout like th- second and third grade. And then... Uh, in 19, I found my one from fourth grade in 94, so it was after Jurassic Park came out. And my concept of science was at like a 98th percentile, hmm. so it was like collegiate level. And I, I'm looking at it now, makes sense. I think that has everything to do with like Jurassic Park sparked my interest into trying to even understand the scientific process. Yeah, Jurassic Park uh, really opened up doors to, I remember uh, when I was watching the. I think it still exists, but I don't, I don't know if fucking people use it. Home Shopping Network. And they were selling, I was flipping through as a kid, and they were selling a piece of dy- Tyrannosaurus Rex bone. Well, let's keep it local. Let's say QVC. This wasn't that. It was Home Shopping oh, Network. okay. So they were, uh, they were selling a piece of Tyrannosaurus Rex fossilized bone, and on top of it, it had a pewter T-Rex and with a certificate of authenticity. And that's what I asked for for my birthday that year. Like, what the fuck? Who would want that? I, st- I still have it somewhere. That's awesome. And It beats the plastic Leonardo 10th anniversary. Yeah, statue. it does. So Jurassic Park not only spawned, you know, a capitalist movement, but it also spawned a scientific movement. And so far as to say, Michael Crichton himself spawned in a lot of us. And I want to save that for later. Sure. But a, a large, a large movement, and um, also a lot. It 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 opened up the doors to a lot of people in Hollywood. People saw this movie and were like, "Okay, Spielberg." It changed the game. Spielberg was like, "I could do AI." He probably shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> uh, here's another one that shouldn't have. Uh, Lu- Lucas finished the movie because yeah. Spielberg was starting Schindler's List, and uh, Lucas was like. I could finally do my prequels. <laughs> uh, oh, God, he shouldn't have. Well, I, I won't get into it too much now. We'll have more of that down the road as far as the one of my things I wanted to really talk about. And what Jurassic Park did was it was twofold. It might, my love of science and my love of movies, but it really embodied what I love about movies, which was like the creativity and making it and that blending with the CGI and uh, practical effects. And I, I think that is why I think it still resonates to this day. Yeah, it's um, hu- it, it was huge, and it was a groundbreaking, and it still is listed as one of those movies that changed the game. And that line in the movie where they um, Grant and Ellie are walking up the stairs and when they enter the visitor center, and she goes, what do you think? He goes, I think we're out of a job. And Malcolm runs up beside him and says, don't you mean extinct? That was actually a line was that the um, Phil Tippett. Yeah, he w- he was a uh, stop motion animator, and that's how they were gonna do yeah, the dinosaurs. It was gonna be go motion, yeah. which was basically stop motion, and they were gonna have 
ILM do a motion blur to kind of smooth it out. Yeah, that would not have been good. But uh, he said, I think I'm out of a job. And then someone replied, don't you mean extinct? And then Spielberg used that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, fuck, thank God they didn't do that go motion or whatever the hell it is. So let you want to get into it? Yeah, let's get going. All right. In our, how do we start? Do you want to start? Uh, I can I can do that. Our, our first two kind of yeah. tie in together. All right, here we go. Unbelievable! Killer! Cinnamon sugar dinosaur tracks stampeding all over my cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> Impossible! Dinosaurs have been extinct for six to five million years. Don't look now. I'm not. I really remember that commercial. The little footprints on the. I had the cereal. On them. I, you know me. I'm not a cereal guy. Yeah. Well, but I did. I did have this just because it was Jurassic Park. Well, at this point, it was, it was Lost, Lost World. World. Did you have the Lost World cereal? Kellogg's uh, made it, and if you open the box and heard a roar, you won some big, big. I remember that. I don't think we ever. It was kind of like my. Maybe it was General Mills because I think we both had. Uh, who cares? It was. Uh, General Mills was that Bet- Betty Crocker owned by General Mills? It doesn't. I know Betty Crocker had the big deal with them. Betty too. Crocker is owned is by General owned by General Mills. Mills. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 merchandising and just the the crossover that it existed and everything, and I it's beautiful. Yeah, I, some people you look back on it, and some people would be very um, look at it in a negative light. Sure. Like, you know, capitalism run amok and you're making money off of kids. I look at it in a different way. As a kid, I looked at it as if I was – it helped my imagination because to me, I looked at it as like Jurassic Park was real. Like Disney is real. Disney World is real. And if you go around, there's Disney merchandise everywhere. <laughs> Disney has crossovers. So to me, when I'm, you know, buying this cereal or buying this toy or whatever, this this little – niche product to me it's like wow like i can pretend like out there there's really a jurassic park and i'm buying this cereal because i like jurassic park well when i was a a dumb kid uh the biggest in my opinion one of my favorite scenes in the movie was when uh, hammond's eating the ice cream and they go through the 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 gift shop Mm -hmm. and it's all toys that they actually sell yes and that was actually part of a, a pitch that spielberg made when he met with all the marketing people because I think they had like over 3,000 licenses or something that they had and they all met and it was the big boys from Kenner to General Mills and uh, uh, a couple other like food franchises Um, and then to the smallest little guy like the ice cream manufacturers and uh, you know things like that that they all got together and he's like look your products will be in here and I think it's Product placement for the sake of the filmmaking, in my opinion. Like well, yeah, it, made, it, it was, it it made, was a story. It, added, it was part of the story. Yeah, it yeah. added depth right. versus uh, my, my class, my, oh, my go-to is uh, Swordfish when Hugh Jackman opens up the fridge and it's just a wall of Heineken. I'm like, all right. Yeah, right. It's like my fridge looks like that, but I have a cup of variation it, of beer. It's kind of uh, kind of almost parodied. In the, in the, we're going to talk about The Lost World, but mm. The Lost World almost parodied that to to an ex- extent, like Samsung presents 
Verizon was going to sponsor the Indominus Rex. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean the hap- the the climax of the movie takes place in a gift shop. Right. But anyway, uh, yeah, those those food tie-ins were huge. Mm-hmm. Now I remember. Are, do you want to play this Jello commercial? Uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Just because some things weren't just clear tie-ins. Some of them were just like, hey, Jurassic Park. Introducing new Jello. Great for the break with a fruity taste. Kids go eat for new Jello break. You got the wiggles and the jiggles all over the place. Kids go eat for new Jello break. It's the Jello grape that's purple and new. Kids go eat for new Jello break. So you can have your fun and eat it too. Jello purple grape. Now, get $5 by mail when you buy the required purchases of Jell-O ready-to-eat snacks and the Jurassic Park video. <laughs> yeah, so it's like they had this commercial shot, and then they just, bam, tie that in. Although yeah. the packaging did have dinosaurs on it. Yeah. I also wanted to make sure that we were able to put on one of the most evil people in the world rapping with children. So Yeah. Ugh. So... The, the food times were great, but they also had some of their own foods, and this really doesn't have anything to do with it. I just wanted an excuse to play clips from the movie. <laughs> that is one big pile of shit. <sighs> You're right. There's no trace of lilac berries. That's so odd, though. Every six weeks. She's uh, tenacious. You have no idea. You will remember to wash your hands before you eat anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I love Uh. that scene. So do you remember, Squeezer, the gas station candy that uh, existed after? It, before the movie even came out, it was because before they they had a marketing blitz with stuff before the movie came mm-hmm. out. The, the figures were out before the movie came out, and in the ga- there was this gas station that was a Texaco. I don't even know if that franchise exists anymore. I think they're down. They might have a couple down south, hanging around like next to the golf station that's uh, still down there. So uh, the Texaco, they had this big uh, island and island, and they would sell these candies. So they had Island Nublar. Oh, I wish they had these these um, little eggs that looked like the egg that the raptor pops out of in the movie, and inside it uh, it had a little wrapper, and you pull the wrapper off, and inside there was a little uh, rubber dinosaur, like a good brachiosaurus bitter, and were, they were all modeled off the movie, and they were pretty nice, uh, and there was candy in there. There was also raptor bits bites, raptor bites, mm-hmm. and at the time I was like, what the fuck's a raptor yeah. bite? And these were like tiny little cherry jawbreakers. Yeah, they're like the size of like a gobstopper. They're a little smaller than that. They're yeah. the, the the spitters, the tropical fruit ones, were the gobstopper oh, okay. size. The the raptor bites were were tiny, even tinier. They're almost like those cinnamon non, those like you know those little cinnamon bites. And then they all had that JP on it too. That's how you knew it was official Jurassic the, Park uh, merchandise. The how would you? It was like com- a P with a the, J the on combined, the back of it. Like the combined logo uh, yes. infused, if you will. Yes. And so then then they had these things called, this is what got me like infatuated with what the fuck's a spitter. They were just called spitters, and they're tropical fruit jawbreakers. There was like mango, pineapple, passion fruit, guava, 
and there were like five different flavors and they they were like white with like speckles on them and they were the size of the gobstopper okay these spitters and it had a picture of the spitter with the full full like um crest around his mm-hmm. the hood around his uh his head and um yeah we'd buy these i was obsessed with these any t- chance i had to get back there and get a pack of both because they were cheap you get the, the raptor bites and the spitters maybe an egg <laughs> you, you get it all <laughs> uh, but yeah the, the the tie-ins with these and i think people will remember these because and i'm sure a lot of people got them and i and so yeah, hit us up people we've been getting a couple messages on uh our rad years instagram so if you follow us on there make sure to hit us up and let us know if you remember this stuff if you were a fan of it if uh you know hell anything like because last week the fruit roll-ups yeah yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I remember. Would you make them fight? I would make my dinosaurs fight. It would be so them. hard to peel out. This, <laughs> the, you know, because they're, they're kind of peel out dinosaurs. Kind of. You couldn't really. So uh, user Schlembot, he messaged me on uh, the Instagram and asked if we remembered a place called Fantastic Sam's. I guess it was a West Coast place, that it, like holiday hair is here, where everyone got their hair cut. Uh, it was one of his. And he was going to watch Backdraft last night. So he's a fan of the show. So give us a shout out, and uh, we'll appreciate it. If you, if you remember any of this stuff, or if there's something we forgot, too, let us know. Speaking of Backdraft, and you were talking about how awesome the music is, and I agree, but in one of the trailers, they actually they start the trailer with the Jurassic Park music, mm-hmm. and then through part of the trailer, they use Backdraft music underneath Which? Uh, one of the teaser trailers. Oh really? Like from like ninety two, yeah. Huh. I don't. Uh, I don't uh, remember that one at all. <laughs> nice. Are we in the middle of a tangent right now? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Oh, to continue on that tangent, we're still on like junk food snacks and Jurassic Park crossovers. Yeah. Uh, to get rather current, the Jurassic Smash Blizzard at Dairy Queen mm-hmm. might be the greatest combination of ice cream and outside materials ever. Peanut butter, okay. Cookie dough ice cream All right. in a blizzard. Okay, it's fantastic. I would go there and get two. And you would just, get two? Well, yeah, and then I would just oh, it's for my wife. She's pregnant. <laughs> oh, was this recently? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was for the Jurassic World ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jurassic Smash Blizzard. I see that here. Oh my God, two squeezer. That's not healthy. Looks good, though. Oh, they're fantastic. They are so good. I think you can still get You just have to ask. Oh, give, me the, give me the old Jurassic World. Surprisingly, Jurassic World had like, tie-ins locally. Just Born was... Uh, the, they had the Mike and Ikes. They, but they also had Peeps Marshmallow Dinosaur oh, Eggs. I, oh, God, they're so disgusting. For Lost World. Yeah, but they had the Jur- Jurassic World uh, Tropical Fruit Jurassic Blend of, of Mike and Ikes. So there was every, there was a time. I mean, Pringles had a time for Jurassic World. I like that. That's more prevalent for us because we we of course remember because it was two years ago. But Jurassic World, I'm sorry, Jurassic Park. There was probably just as many like serious food tie-ins that we're forgetting. Uh, and moving on, there was not just food that came out with Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic Park, the game. All the excitement of the movie, but this time they're after you. Ah! 
raced across the island dodging dinosaurs. First one to the visitor center wins. Jurassic Park the game. Well, it's funny that they say the first one in the visitor center wins because I guess in real life, <laughs> if dinosaurs are chasing you, <laughs> first one to the visitor center wins. Until you get there and there's velociraptors already yeah, in there. and they can gonna... open doors. <laughs> Did you ever play this game? No, but I'm looking, uh, I'm looking online. It looks like there was a Lost World one and a Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, I, never, I don't think I've ever played those. This one is the 93 Jurassic Park game. Th- this game was... Just awesome. I love this game. Uh, although on like Game Geek or what, Board Game Geek, whatever that site is where they have all that info, they give it like a 5 out of 10 because it's, oh, it's so easy. Snobs, go play Catan. Um, I love this game. Why? It's Well, first of all, the it's board. Easy. Yeah, it is kind of easy. Although sometimes you would never finish it because maybe there were too many dinosaurs on the board, so you'd just okay. get stuck and someone would just give up and just end this. The board is huge. It's like the size of this table. Yeah. And uh, it had a little 3D visitor center made out of cardboard that would usually get smashed after the first time of packing it back up. And the point is, you have all your survivors, Mm -hmm. and you start at the very southern tip of the island, and there's a little car, the little uh, explorer is crashed, and you have to make your way all the way up north to the visitor center. And then throughout there, they have the animal pen, the dinosaur pens. Mm-hmm. You have raptors, Dilophosaurus, and a T-Rex. And so the raptors and Dilophosaurus start at certain little paddocks. And then the T-Rex starts right next to you. And you would start the game, whoever would go first would move the T-Rex six spaces forward, however they want. And then you have to start moving and try to get using cards and <coughs> make yourself to the visitor center. And each turn, you would also roll a die. And depending on what the die said, you would move that particular dinosaur, either the T-Rex, the Raptor, the Lophosaurus, that many spaces. And you would try to use the dinosaurs to block your opponent, and if you landed on them, it would freeze them until they could, uh, someone either moved the dinosaur off of them or they played a card to escape. Hmm. And you had to make your way north to the island. So fun. you could see where some people that you know are game snobs would look at this like it's <coughs> quite simple and dumb. Which it is very. It's a very simple game, but it's you get a, all those dinosaur figures. But it's a gorgeous. Those figures were awesome. Yeah. If you look at them in the detail, like you actually see like the muscle in them. It's not like you know the the little plastic guys you get in like a ri- set of risk, <coughs> where it's like you know right. cheap little figures. No, these were really detailed, and even they had the JP logo on them. Of course they did. You know, How everything. do you know it's not officially exactly. licensed if it doesn't have the JP logo? Uh, every, like the cards, they all right. looked like legitimate like. ID badges more right. legit than like the ID badge like I carry with me. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at it. Um, yeah. and just the board looked gorgeous. Yeah. I guess what's the difference between the? Is it? I see the green dinosaur tips, the yellowed tips on the dinosaur, and then the T Rex looks like it has a red tip. Yeah. Is that so just the severity of. No, it was like the die had different colors too. So when you would roll oh, it. Oh yeah, I see that you, now. Like, yeah. That's you would tell you like the raptor or the Dilophosaurus of the T-Rex, and you move it that number of spaces that the number also says. Hmm. And it was like the each square, it, w- it wasn't a square, they were hexagon or octagon, so you can move in circles, different directions, loop around. Hexagons. He- were they hexagons? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I knew they were six, I just wasn't sure if that was hexagon <laughs> or octagon. Uh, and then there was also the uh, maintenance sheds for like little safe zones that you can uh, hang out those, at. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was a lot of fun. Uh with two people, like me and my sister, it was kind of hard because 
you would just, you know, you attack each other. Yeah. It was nice having a third or a fourth where it kind of opened the gameplay up a little more so it wasn't just head-to-head. -head. And it looks like the characters are just all the characters in the movie? Pretty much everyone except for Gennaro and Arnold huh. uh, is there. And they're holding on to your butts. Oh, we could buy it for twenty nine ninety nine. I think. I'll tell you, you can get a, they claim to have it in 100% all the pieces for like 60 bucks. Which, I don't know, I was, I was looking at it. I mean, <laughs> it's no Ghostbuster Firehouse. No. Wink, wink. But uh, the Ghostbuster Lego Firehouse. No, I understand. Yeah. That's why you, had a dish, you have a dishwasher and not that. Yeah. Fucking dishwasher. All right, well. Uh, my next one again didn't have a commercial, so I just looked for an excuse <laughs> to play a clip from Jurassic Park. Alan, this species of veriform has been extinct since. The Cretaceous period. I mean, this thing isn't one of these things. It's a dinosaur. <laughs> you did it. You crazy son of a bitch, you did. We get this terrible rule book on it. Cold-bloodedness, it doesn't apply. They're totally wrong. This is a warm-blooded creature. This thing doesn't live in a swamp. This thing's got, what, a 25, 27-foot neck? A brachiosaur on 30. Clock the T-Rex. <laughs> so, now, do you remember the Jurassic... The, the, when, when we went to school as a kid and your mom packed your lunch, mm -hmm. it was in this plastic lunchbox that had a little clasp at the top that opened up and had a white handle, and inside was a thermos that also tied into the lunchbox that was round and had the top with a little the cup and then the, the, the part underneath it. Mm -hmm. And the front had a sticker on it based on whatever current franchise you're into i've had ghostbusters batman alf countless mm -hmm. jurassic park no because i was at that age again where i felt that was too cool yeah but i remember this and it was it had on the front it had the the explorer with the t-rex looking into it and there was a caution sticker on it and then inside the thermos was the coolest part because it's it has a warning biological material teratogenic and mutagenic agents present now teratogenic is a, a word used to mean a process that would disrupt the fetus and the embryo from yes 
that this was the Thermos on Kiss Lunchbox. Obviously, people freaked out and they wound up changing it, but it is still one of the coolest pieces of Jurassic. I would love to own it and mm-hmm. just have it sitting on my desk. But th- those lunchboxes were so cool back in the day. Do you yeah. rem- you've had them, I'm sure. I had mine. Uh, probably the reason I didn't have the Jurassic Park one was because I had the Ninja Turtle. I had a Ninja Turtle one. Okay. And it's kind of like you got a lunchbox. Yeah. You don't need another one. Right. So. You get, and you by then they were too small for what I needed anyway. <laughs> I had an igloo cooler that I would pop open. Yeah, of course. So, but those lunch po- boxes were the coolest, and I think I'm gonna try and track one of these down on eBay one day. They go for, they go for a lot of money because that is because they're pulled thermi- the thermos. Well, the th- yeah. the kit and the thermos because they are pulled from the shelves, and that is just so freaking. Whoever thought of that is a genius. Yeah. But also. Uh, uh. You didn't have to use a legitimate scientific term. You could have put anything there, and right, <laughs> not something happy. that causes birth defects. Yeah. Or even so, like, could you imagine going in today with anything that said like, oh my biohaz- god, if with, you walked if, in if, that if, today, if it said biohazard on it, right? Oh my god, you'd be down you'd on be the ground with the gun to your head. Home- yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I remember I went to school and I had, I packed my lunch, and I don't know, it, this is probably like fifth or sixth grade, and. I had, uh, I think it was just a paring knife. Right. And I, I'd even then, I'm like, oh, this isn't good. And, you know, so I hit it. We got through today. That would have been bad. But, yeah, now I probably would have been picked up through metal detectors, and I probably would have been expelled because I accidentally put a little knife in my bag. Right. Warning. Biological material. Teratogenic and mutagenic agents present. But there's... There's the Jurassic Park logo on it. That's yeah. how you know it's real. I mean, to be fair, too, I mean, when they had those can drives, all those cans of Campbell's soup going in the school, that was probably just as, probably some awful chemicals, just sure. as bad as whatever is on that thermos. Caution, keep windows up. Uh, it's badass, but those are those are the, the tie-ins. There's, a, there's an actual article you could read from the Washington Post, and it was called A Fit of Prehysteria. It was... Uh, it was published on the release date, June 11, 1993, of Jurassic Park. But it goes into how a lot of people are saying that this movie shouldn't be marketed to kids because it's not a kid movie. It's a horror film. It's a horror film. A techno thriller. Yeah. And But the licensing alone was too ridiculous. And, uh, you know, they asked they asked people about it. And they're like, oh, it's just been done exceptionally well. This is... This was the biggest movie, I guess, to be merchandised before it was Dick Tracy. You know, of course, Batman, but they mm-hmm. lumped Batman into 89. Batman was already done. But Dick Tracy was another one that was we talked about was merched to, to death. But like like they're talking about here, there was there's toothbrushes for four year four year olds and up. Uh, there was just food tie ins. There was the lunch pails, the posters, the toys from Kenner. 3D color uh, books, 3D books, coloring books, story books. The ride costs more money to make than the movie. <laughs> Jurassic Park: The Ride. It it, it was a crazy yeah. phenomenon. Well, it's funny that the Jurassic Park was inspired by a ride when yeah. Spielberg went on King Kong. Yeah, and he's like, "Wow, that." What do they got, King Kong, in there? Yeah, that's where that line came from. And when he saw Kong, that's when he contacted. Uh, who the well, hell was it that made Bob something? The guy that created it. Uh, so yeah, that's we're just I mean, we're talking about 
the, the tie-ins and we've been we spent this whole first part of it aside from the board game to talk about kind of tie-ins to this movie but it was it was quite the phenomenon in fact pr practically everything on this list is a, almost a tie mm -hmm. considered a tie-in and in fact your next one was a tie-in that that's still spanning gold today the tie-ins and let's check it out Imagine you wake up in Jurassic Park and you're a raptor. You have sharp teeth and seven-inch claws, and since you've been extinct for 65 million years, you'd be in a really bad mood. So I remember like the envy of this game. This was, I, you know, I played it. It's hard as uh -huh. shit. But like just seeing these commercials and seeing play as Grant or the Raptor yeah. was like the coolest fucking thing. It was that one one thing that you had to hold over the SNES kids. Right. I was a fan of the Nintendo game, which was hard as shit. We yes. talked about this. Uh, you had to collect all the, the, the cards to get in access and constantly attacked by dinosaurs and then they, they you'd get under these uh these like the stampede of triceratops and you'd fight the tri it was just it was fucking hard mm -hmm. but i remember that this game was hard too it was hard uh fortunately i had a, a passcode and i'm pretty sure i also had a game genie well yeah um it, it, it was kind of infuriating when you first started playing it because uh a lot it was a lot of just blind turns because a lot, like the jungle level, the first level, you're just kind of falling and you don't know where to go. So after playthrough after playthrough, you finally, you kind of memorize it and you have it mapped out in your head where you need to jump, where you need to land. But this was, it was a lot of fun. As Grant, you had a, a dart gun. So unless until later in the game when you could get rockets, when you had the dart gun, you could only stun the dinosaur. So you had to keep moving because yeah. you would stun them and they'd come back up. Uh, there's Dilophosaurus, Compies, and then uh, Raptors and uh, Pterodons to deal with. And then every now and then the T-Rex would pop his head in and you'd have to find your way around him without, you'd have to like distract him with a grenade. Oh yeah, that uh, was, I always thought that was really cool, like the first novel, how the T-Rex would just always randomly appear. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but it, I mean, it was fun. It had, you, you started off in the, after they kind of took a little uh, uh, liberties with how it starts off, because you're just Grant, your Jeep crashes, this t gets attacked by the T-Rex, mm -hmm. so now you're alone and you have to make your way back to the visitor center, and uh, you get from the jungle, then you're in the power plant. My favorite was the raft, where you would have rafts and you'd have to make your way down the river. Mm -hmm. uh, Which was, again, from the book, not the movie. Yes. Uh, and then you were also, uh, there were the canyons, uh, the volcano, the sewers, all that was kind of frustrating. And you kind of just wanted to get through that. It kind of almost felt like filler uh, until you got back into the visitor center. And then that was pretty badass. Uh, and dealing with the raptors, they were a hard enemy. Like if you were to shoot at them, they would jump. They would, they would time it with your attacks. So you had to kind of maneuver and kind of like double tap them. Like shoot once to get them to jump and then time it to shoot again so they would land just as your second shot would hit them. Because otherwise they would just wreck you. Uh, although it was a little anticlimactic, at the end when you, you get, you come down the, the scaffolding, mm -hmm. and then you land on the floor, and there's two raptors, one on each side, 
It's kind of like a little trick. It's like you think, all right, I'm going to shoot these raptors. But if you shoot one and the other ones, they kill you instantly. <laughs> so you have to take your grenades and throw your grenades at the bases of the statues. Okay. And then make them collapse on the raptors. Because apparently if you shoot one raptor, it alerts the other one. But if you throw hand grenades at a statue, they don't notice you. And then eventually the skeletons collapse on the raptors and you run off and get off the island. So it's kind of... It, the journey is much better than the uh, conclusion. Well, there was also a Rampage edition. The Rampage was... Here, here, this is the beauty of marketing. Mm -hmm. So this came out in August of 93. So it came out right after the movie. They got the second... The, the sequel to this, the Rampage edition, which I think is an even better game. Mm -hmm. It's a lot tighter, slightly different engine. Still made by Blue Sky. But they got this game out just in time to release with the home release of VHS tape. Oh, really? They cru they crunched this game out. To, well, uh, there was also Nintendo and Game Boy releases. Your, I think Super Nintendo, actually. Jurassic Park 2, The Chaos Continues. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they, they would take this on, you know, so many different platforms. There was... Uh, once and then the Lost World came out, and there was there was games for. Do you remember Game.com? That tiger thing that looked like like this big. Yes. It had like the pen with yes. it. It was horrible, black and white. It came with like a modem thing where you could attach your phone line and go online. Apparently, there was a Game Gear game. There was a Game Boy game. The Game Boy Advance had actually a couple cool games. They had Island Attack, Jurassic Park 3, and they also had Jurassic Park Builder. Uh, of course, you know there was. Uh, the rail shooter that you play, you could still play. Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park and Lost World rail shooter at the arcade games where you sit in the truck yep. and you go on that St wild if, ride. If that's still a Chuck E. Cheese, I'm from spending my time. There's pinball games. Uh, the pinball game is pretty awesome because the T-Rex, you, you could get it in his mouth. Right. Yeah. There was... Jurassic Park Operation Genesis, which I had, which is really fun. Oh, I forgot about that. Was that was the world, the Jurassic Park Builder game. Yeah. There was then Jurassic Park Builder on the iPhone, which you could still play, which we played to death. To death. <laughs> and Are then, you still playing it? Uh, well, I maxed everything out, and then yeah, you get bored again. Get bored so again. I'm just going to have to delete it and start all over a little yeah. bit down the road. So, yeah, those were the Jurassic Park spawned a lot of like really good and a lot of really shitty video games. <laughs> And I mean, it's still going. Jurassic, but there was only one for Jurassic World. It was Lego Jurassic World. Did you have you played it yet? It's still in the yeah, thing. Yeah, no, I played it. It's not that. It's like more of a puzzle game. Okay. And I have a, a certain uh, lady I know is a giant fan of it and wants to play it. She she has her game. She wants she wants to use my PlayStation Three. Just I think that's the only reason she's hanging out with me mm -hmm. to get access to my PlayStation Three to play Jurassic World, Lego Jurassic World. I was hoping for a more badass game. For Jurassic World, maybe we'll see it with the sequel. Yeah, playing but as the Raptor was fun, though. Too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because you could kill engine guys. Yeah. and you would eat to restore your health. You eat compies. <laughs> that's awesome. So, that's uh, the video game tie-ins for, for Jurassic Park. And now my next one. I'm about to get on my soapbox about oh, young, young Ryan, who is angry.
This film is not yet rated. This fucking steaming piece of shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> right after the movie came out, uh, well, it, it was two years later. It was 1995. Uh, Michael Crichton published The Lost World. My mom bought it for me for Christmas right after it came out. I still have my first edition. Love this book. I remember laying – I had one of those loft beds. So mm-hmm. it was – it was it looked like a bunk bed, but underneath was another bed. It was like a desk and like shelving and everything mm-hmm. to make use of my tiny small room. So I remember just uh, up, up at night being up there and with a flashlight just like gripped by this book. This was one of the first books I remember just re- reading it really quick. And loving every second of it and being obsessed with it. And I was so fucking excited for the movie. I'm like, oh, my God, this movie's going to be so awesome. It might be better than Jurassic Park because I assumed they were going to <laughs> make the movie like the book. I was wrong. Yeah. The movie starts with a scene that was taken from the first book, the girl getting bit by the compy. I think half of the second movie is taken from the book. Oh, there's a lot. Half of what? Uh, like a half of Jurassic, uh, of Lost World, is a lot of that is taken from the first book. Like what else from the? Uh, the freighter. Oh yeah, the freighter getting away. But there was it was kind of different because there was baby raptors on the freighter in the first book. Yeah. And this was a t- fucking T Rex, and they purposefully had him Just on there. Made no sense. How did the T Rex get in the control room? <laughs> yeah, that that's just something they left out. It's yeah. all of a sudden they blacked out and a T-Rex is free down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's not talk about the movie. Let's talk okay. about how good the book is. So it's six years after the disaster of Jurassic Park, the novel, not the, the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we find out Malcolm's alive because in the book, he was presumed dead. Yeah, in it's the first uh, book. I believe Grant or Gennaro asked Muldoon where Malcolm is and he kind of just shakes his head. Yeah, is that yeah, how it, it was yeah. ambiguous, but yeah. yes. So he survived the events of the previous novel, and we weren't aware of it. And he's giving a lecture. And first of all, this, these books, the, the chaos that they, and the, and the, the, the lecturing from Malcolm, especially when he's delirious on drugs, because in both <laughs> books he is, uh, is just phenomenal. I, I love the in, insight that Crane gives through Malcolm. I guess he always saw Malcolm as himself in both books. So there's this paleontologist, Richard Levine, who's just a pain in the ass, and he keeps talking to Malcolm about the possibility of a lost world because these animals keep washing up on the coast of Costa Rica that they can't you know, label, and the Costa Rican government keeps hiding them and burning them. And uh, Levine is thinking about the possibility of a lost world, and he, you know, uh, Malcolm's like, oh, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And meanwhile, Sarah Harding is kind of dating him and they're talking about the behavior and uh, Levine winds up pinpointing where this or, or, or thinks he finds the science. So they start building all these great vehicles and Levine, meanwhile, gets busted for speeding in front of a school. So he has to teach his class. With Kelly and Arby, these two students, an older white girl and a younger black kid, and, and they're both nerds, and I guess they amalgamize them into a just a black girl in the movie. Yeah. So there's two kids in there, and they they're being taught a class by by uh, Levine, and they're also helping out. 
and Levine's actually using them to like get all the pieces they need for this project. So the people spy like the Rich Lewis Dachshund's people spying on Levine don't know that it's it's these kids who are doing all the work and they you know they had no clue. So uh, Levine disappears and then he winds up getting to the island and his guide gets killed immediately and he's you know he's he's stuck there so they, it turns into a, a rescue mission and they Malcolm goes and tells the kids no he goes to Doc Thorne and Eddie Carr and which oh uh, Eddie Eddie yeah so it's Doc Thorne they kind of amalgamized him into just Eddie Carr in the in the movie but it was two people it was Doc Thorne who made and Eddie was his assistant so they go to the island and they have they have the trailer just like in the movie and they build the high high hide which i think they have in the movie mm-hmm. too and it, it's they find Levine and Levine's like i'm fine i didn't need you to come here anyway Levine's just being his jerk self and he's he's researching but then uh, Dachshund finds out where they are Lewis Dotson from the first movie in Chris book and he's trying to get a, a ship over and he realizes Sarah Harding shows up and she's trying to come and meet up with them so Sarah, she he offers Sarah to take a vote, a boat over, saying he's a colleague with Malcolm. She's kind of wary of him, and as soon as Dachshund realizes she's where, he pushes her over the boat to die. Dachshund lands. She winds up washing up in a cavern and getting up, getting to Malcolm and and Thorn to warn them about uh, this issue. And meanwhile, uh, Dachshund gets on, and he has he's got this like magnet gun that produces a high Produce, like squealing pitch that the dinosaurs don't like and they stay away from him and they're trying to steal eggs mm-hmm. uh, as they're steal, they get the first one goes off without a hitch they steal the first egg the second one is the t-rex and it doesn't go well and they wind up getting an egg and people his other teammate team die dodson gets away at first he thinks but he doesn't but the, the sad thing is one of the t-rex babies gets their leg crushed it's kind of what happens in the movie but this is how it happens in the book mm-hmm. Sarah brings it back to the trailer. Well, Eddie brings it back Eddie to the trailer. Fix. Same thing happens that happens in the movie. It gets pushed over the edge. Uh, and then Dotson winds up getting, you know, dying. And they try to get off the island. They're trying to hide. The whole scene in the dark with the connoisseur, who is like a, a chameleon, is really cool. The raptors are after them at the end. And that's mm-hmm. like gripping and cool. And they finally get to a boat. And get off the island. And there's a whole lot I'm leaving out, but the the whole thing about the prions and why the infected sheep extract it was killing them, and the whole uh, any science that was in the, the book, it, it was just, which was very science heavy. It was very science heavy, and it talked about it talked about evolution, and it talked about um, how we can learn from evolution, like they, what they were planning to learn of evolution from just watching. And then he realized they couldn't because of the prions, and it wasn't a true, uh, true study. But everything about it was really the science behind it was really cool, and I, the novel was really good. And if oh, they if, were eating the lysine-rich plants to, uh, yeah, yeah, counteract the lysine deficiency. Right. Um. So yeah, that was if if you've seen the movie and you're like, what the fuck is this shit, and you haven't read the book. Just Books. do yourself a favor and read the book because I yeah. kind of just... Either either way, just don't get attached to Eddie Carr. No. <laughs> Who's my favorite, too? Maybe it's because that's me. 
just the happy guy that wants to help. He's the little tech guy. So if you're the Eddie Card and my Doc Thorne, that's how it's going to end for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm going to get, I don't know, if I find my choice. Do I get ripped apart by raptors, like chickens eating a mouse, or do I want to get pulled in half by two T-Rexes? He was pulled in half by two T-Rexes, right? In the movie. Yeah. In the book, it was raptors. Rapt- he fell off the high hide and the yeah. raptors, yeah. Uh, oh, that's a tough one. I think it just goes to show how good of an actor Richard Schiff is. <laughs> to play to play Eddie, like the sweetest guy on the earth, and then to be Toby Ziegler in the West Wing, who's just this curmudgeon. <laughs> yeah, that's I, why I like Eddie so much, too. Gets I, my I, I've Sorkin only started in. dipping my toes into the world of West Wing. Uh, but this, this evil enchantress that is getting me to dip my toes in that also got me to dip my toes in the Sherlock, which I fell in love with immediately with Cumberbatch. I yeah, I watched one episode. I was like, "This is fucking good." Oh, damn it! Yeah, no, I got you. Got too much, so don't I add got, it to your I list. I got too you, much. You got too much. Finish reading. Oh, so anyway, Crichton. Yeah. Then I, you know, I read Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. I read Congo. I love the movie Congo. Congo. But I love the book Congo. I then I uh, this couple summers ago I got a Kindle and I went and started rereading. I love Timeline. Timeline's a fantastic. If, you want a good Crichton read? Read Timeline Squeezer. I've been telling you this for two years. It's now. great. The first, you know, hundred pages is fantastic. Uh, it's 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 takes place. I guess it kind of takes place in an alternate world during the Hundred Years' War, but kind of modern world. It's weird. You got to read the book to get the science. There's so many good Crichton books. Um, great Train Robbery. Great Train Robbery. Sphere. Uh, Disclosure, which was a great movie. Uh, I, I read Micro, which was the, one of his uh, books that was published after he passed. Mm-hmm. And, and the um, Pirate Latitudes, two great. Like, read those. Really good Crichton books. Uh, Empire of the Sun. Empire of the Sun's great. Uh, Next is fantastic. It's a little bit of a long read, but it's great. I read Prey, and fuck, man, was I on the edge of my seat the whole time. Like, it is fantastic. Even um, State of Fear is really good, mm-hmm. too. Like, just go through. Like, it, it opened a world of science and this techno thriller yeah. to me. The just crime the books. He write. Is, it, he's just fantastic. And he was, he's always going to be, there's always going to be a hole in this world yeah. that Crichton's death left for us. And I, and I think, like, Jurassic Park did a great job. You can't make a movie like Jurassic Park based directly off the book. You have to take what you no. can. It's too long. I always thought it would be awesome to see it as a miniseries, a miniseries or like a Netflix seven, 13 right. Netflix episode. Netflix or HBO, just start buying the rights to Crichton novels and uh, start making them into miniseries because they all yeah. can do uh, it all but, but then I, I was thinking about it, and if you were to take Jurassic Park and make it a 13-episode series, probably at least seven or eight of those episodes would have no dinosaurs and it would be an hour of people sitting around well, talking about science. That's The Walking Dead, uh, <laughs> isn't it? That's what people are complaining about. I don't know. I, I, I can't. Howard Stern's been complaining. They've been prepping for a war. Oh, you don't watch that? I don't. It, it's too. I find it too depressing. I don't like the the horror gore thing. I, I get nothing. Well, apparently there it. hasn't been any of that for a while. Oh. Anyway, we're talking more, about more. I guess we don't know more about. more people kill people than zombies. I guess apparently the zombies just got tired. Like, they don't do anything anymore. They're so slow. And oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. We're talking about things we don't know I, about. I, I quit after the really bad CGI explosion at the end of the first season. I'm like, nope, I'm done. Yeah. The Enchantress hasn't gotten me into that one yet. But, well, it's too much else out there. Westworld. Out there. Watch Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> okay, your next bit. 
It's finally here, Jurassic Park, the story of dinosaurs brought back to life came to theaters around the country this week. So it seems most of us moviegoers will have to be content to just sit in the dark and watch the actors romp with those prehistoric creatures on screen. But if you live here in New York City or plan on visiting this summer, guess what? You can come here to the American Museum of Natural History and see with your very own eyes, up close, the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park. I meant to apologize in advance for that. Why? Just the infuriating news anchor voice. Oh, just, yeah. I, as I'm watching this story, I'm getting more and more angry that you're ruining my childhood with your stupid cadence. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. So... Yeah, they they uh, did one for Jurassic World at the Franklin Institute, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, our parents are still there, and apparently it's badass. Still going on? Ivarcos was down there, uh, a listener mm -hmm. and a friend, and he said like it's the it, the T Rex looks just like the movie T Rex, and it's massive. Wow! So I I gotta get down there and check it out if it's still going um, on. I saw it when it was at the uh, Academy of Natural Science in Philadelphia mm -hmm. back in 1990. This might have been 94 now. Oh, it your started parents in actually took New you York. to museums. Yeah, yeah. Well, we went on the field trip. Uh, no, parents. It was parents. Okay. Because I remember I was solo. I don't even know if my sister was there. She might have been too scared. Uh, it was pretty awesome. It was all like the <clears throat> they used the dinosaurs from the movie. Uh, cause uh, who was it? One of uh, one of the guys, one of the um, consultants on the film looked at Spielberg. He's like, "Hey, what are you gonna do with these?" And he's like, "You want them?" It's like, yeah, but Spielberg's thing was, you can take this and you can use it, but it can only go to a non any proceeds have to go to a nonprofit. So it went to the Dinosaur Society. Ah. Um. So all that money went back into paleontology. Oh wow. So yeah, all all those props got reused. I w I remember we went on the very last day. I was the last person to go through the exhibit at the uh, Academy of Natural Sciences because you would get like these ID badges and stuff, and they would kind of like treat it like you were a guest or like a worker there. Mm -hmm. And when we got out, I was, like, all excited, this happy little kid. And just remember, there was this girl. She was probably, like, in college, an intern. I was 10, so I didn't notice. But I'm guaranteeing you she was probably hot and wanted nothing to do with this. And, like, here I am, another little chubby fat kid coming through with liking dinosaurs, just irritated. I'm like, can I have this? Can I have this? And she had the whole <laughs> stack, like, uh, six and like, like, like a shoe, a blackjack shoe of playing cards of these badges. They're just pieces of paper with like Jurassic Park print on. She's like, "Here, take them all." And so I walked out with a stack of Jurassic Park ID badges. Nice. And oh, I was the happiest boy, just walking around, being all official with my badge. I'm sure infuriating everyone around me. But yeah, it was pretty awesome. They had, you know some clips from the movies, but yeah, then there were just dinosaur scenics throughout. And then it would also dump you out into the museum, and then you could actually learn some real science. Which in '93, I'm not sure they're probably in in the throes of. They hadn't updated it yet. I think uh, just after uh, Jurassic Park, it was like two within two years later they had updated the dinosaur exhibit there. Oh wow! Um, to uh, kind of coincide with the general not people knew more, people wanted to know more. You know, so it's kind of like they what they learned from Jurassic Park. They now the museum needed to give you more information, and you know what people picked up on their own. Mm -hmm. But it was a good time. We hmm. should get down to Franklin Institute and check that out. We should. Well, Field trip. that was spawned by my next pick. I own an island off the coast of Costa Rica. 
We've made living attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. Welcome to Jurassic World. We have a new attraction. She's bigger than the T-Rex. Probably not a good idea. containment everyone remain calm evacuate the island rated pg-13 rated pg-13 jurassic world is such a badass movie and Chris Pratt is just a badass in that movie. And this this movie, I, I, the reason why I picked this is because this movie was wouldn't obviously wouldn't have happened without Jurassic Park, but it took its fourth the, the fourth installment to actually have a good sequel. And and it the like the whole idea that the park was open and they and they really went on like it, it's basically a sequel to the movie. Like, as in, we made this happen. Kind of like what they want to do with aliens. <laughs> like, pretend the third one didn't exist. Right. And uh, Colin Trevorrow grew up. He, w- he was about uh, six, five or six years older than we are. So, you know, he also he grew up as a fan. He was a huge Jurassic Park fan. So he, this was a labor of love for him. I'm sure he's going to do the same thing with episode nine. He's directing that. Frank Marshall produced... And Frank Marshall produced Jurassic Park. Frank Marshall directed Congo. I love Frank Marshall. Mm-hmm. His wife, Kathleen Kennedy, runs Lucasfilm. I mean, they're talk about a power couple. So uh, and I, you saw it in the theater, right? Well, I think we saw mm-hmm. it the same day. Like I, I was in the, You texted me the picture, and it didn't go through. And you're like, that bastard's in the theater yeah. right now watching it. Yeah. It, it was. It, it was such a good movie, and it and it made a billion, a for, a freaking fortune. So it's. It's no surprise that it was so good. And the sequels now, they've started filming. It's slated for June of next year. Mm-hmm. Chris Pratt's doing his Guess My Snack on Instagram and Facebook because he's, I, he's cutting weight. I saw that. He's, ugh, and it's fat shaming. Or something. Yeah, Sh- right. Shut up. Well, he was just joking. He was yeah. completely joking. He's like, I'm body image. is a thing. He goes, you saying I'm gaunt and, and skeletal. It was just joking. He's like, kidding. And it is what's my snack? Oh my god! I don't know if that exists. And he had like uh, eggs and bean sprouts wrapped in cucumber. <laughs> He's yeah. like, it's like a sandwich except the cucumber slices the bread, and the egg and the bean sprout is the meat, and nutrition is in place of flavor. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that. He is what would happen if you cut weight and that, got that's, ripped. It's, that's yeah. Because he was a I'll big like old co- fat ass. I've been yeah. watching Parks and Rec. And I know that's that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the chubby fat guy that makes a living on his knees. <laughs> You're not shining shoes though. Oh, might as well. Go so, get your shine box. Yeah. Uh, so this movie, I was so happy seeing this movie, and then I was so happy of the product tie-ins and the the swarm of toys mm-hmm. and all that shit that came with. Jurassic World. I wanted more of it. There wasn't enough for me. Yeah. And I think Michael Crichton would have been happy to see this movie. I think so. I mean, I 
we we disagreed about the one at the end. I thought it was a little too anthropomorphized a bit. I would have liked to downplay it just a little bit, the whole blue connection. Where um, you loved it. Yeah, I did. I'm like, ah, I just would just a little less. Nah. But I loved it. It doesn't take anything. For me, the the biggest the greatest cameo in the entire movie are the Jeeps. Yeah. When you absolutely. when you see when that you see you the dot, old you like it, 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 it's oh my god, you just yeah. the smile on your face cannot be it's smacked like off when, in the when, theater. When, when you you kind of put start putting it together. And you see and you that realize, old walkie-talkie. Yeah. You realize where they are. They right. are in the old part of the park. Right. That was beautiful. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's almost like you're there. Like, and it takes you back. And then we spent the next, I think, five days at work arguing over if that gas would have actually <laughs> gone bad or not. Do you remember that? Oh, like yeah, yeah, we Jeep, debated we, that, we yeah. We debated that for Now, we landed on, you were right, the gas would have gone bad. Because like I said, my lawnmower just doesn't right. even start. I did so. research, and yes, yeah. gas goes bad rather quick. Now, what's more realistic, that or... Well, here's the thing, though, because... <clears throat> People complained about uh, uh, Bryce Dallas, Dallas Bryce. Dallas the heels. The heels. Yeah. And she's like, no, I actually did it. Yeah, Bryce so Dallas Howard. Yeah. Now, I would assume I'd probably just take the heels off. might make it a little bit easier. Man, I but thought it was badass. It was pretty badass. And it I love the, the joke. They, someone made a video where they uh, CGI'd heels on every dinosaur yeah. and every character <laughs> in all the movies. Yes. They did Jurassic Park Ultimate Heels Edition. If you want to have a good laugh, look that up. It's, it's quite hysterical. And the one of the coolest scenes was the um, oh, what the hell is that? Uh, Moses Mosasaurus coming up and eating the the great white shark, kind of like a, a, a passing of the torch from mm-hmm. Spielberg, eating draws essentially. Yeah. Great, great movie. Yeah, and everyone just on their phones. Yeah, everyone yeah. on their phones. Yeah, yeah. The whole Samsung tie-in, the Indominus Rex sponsored by, by Verizon. It's a really cool movie. I can't wait for the sequel. Yeah, I want to know where I'm they excited. go with it. So, uh, moving on to your last pick. Anybody hear that? It's a, um, it's an impact tremor is what it is. I'm fairly alarmed here. You want to know what the most difficult gag in the entire film was? The vibrating glass of water. This is a great story. Stephen is in his car, and he had earth, wind, and fire cranked up in the car. And his rearview mirror was vibrating. I was on my way to the storyboards for Jurassic Park, and I... Never forgot what I looked like vibrating every time the bass rhythm went off. I thought in the middle of storyboarding, hey, wouldn't it be cool if when the T-Rex began to approach, the low-end vibration of all that tonnage hitting the ground was causing these little concentric circles. Wouldn't it be cool? The worst words any <laughs> any film crew wants to hear out of your director's mouth. Wouldn't it be cool... It's like Fulkerson telling us, wouldn't it be cool? Ugh. And us both talking about drowning her in the yes. river. Uh, th- this is what makes Jurassic Park what it means to me. Because, yeah, there was some CGI in there. And it worked. It wasn't sub- we, w- we talked about this. There was going to be go motion, stop motion. Um, and then uh, as they were working on it, some guys at ILM 
uh, who was it? Uh, Steve Williams, Spaz, he was like one of the animators there. And he's like, I can do this. And they secretly, like on their own time, made the T-Rex walking animation. And Kathleen Kennedy saw it, and she's like, oh, my God. And then Steven saw it, and he's like, this is what we do. That's when Tippett made his famous line, and then they moved him to as a consultant because he had studied the movement. So by working together, uh, you know, they made it look as realistic as possible. But it, w it was the integration because there's so much practical work still on this movie that I think is what really makes it something tangible, well, something that is, is still real. That's why episode eight, or I'm sorry, seven works so well because JJ did a, a, mm -hmm. a, a solid mix of CGI and practical. Yeah. Yeah, um, like so much of it was still like the Raptors, a lot of animatronic guys in suits, the guitar string, the, the they the hardest they said the hardest thing was making this water vibrate, and they tried everything. He was calling guys that do like you know like the, the uh, do like uh, wet downs and guys that operate like the tanks for like you know water scenes and all kinds of like sonic specialists, and no one could figure it out until one day he's like. The night before they had to shoot the scene, he's sitting at home, plucking at his guitar, sets a glass of water on it, plucks a string, and it does it. And that's when they wired a guitar string from and the car down the ground and plucked it, and that's how they made that vibration. So you're talking millions, $63 million going into this movie, and one of the most memorable scenes and effects, and I mean, it really sells the movie, is something as simple as plucking a guitar string. And like when you see the T-Rex, and they have... You well, know, that then creates the callback later with Malcolm yes. singing in the puddle. Yeah, there's no audio of the initial, you know, Tim crawling over the seat. Right. I mean, we could all, I could have played that, and people would have heard it and known exactly shot sure. for shot what we're talking about. Um, uh, and then, uh, but like the the fences, like when the T Rex is coming out, even though there's CGI T Rex at some point in there, all that fence, like and the wind and the wires, all that was being operated by. You know, motors, rigs, pulleys. Well, there was also set. a big puppet T-Rex who would yes. freak everyone out because it would get too waterlogged and start acting on its own yeah, and scare the yeah. shit out of everybody They'd, on set. Because with the, with the being underneath the rain machine the whole time, yeah, yeah they had to watch that. To and then I guess when it when it pushed down on the plexiglass, it wasn't supposed to break. Really? So that was a uh, that was a natural reaction from the kids. I would. Yeah. So that was that was a cool scene. So, yeah, practical. F you know, I'm going to throw one side in. I think I like the Ghostbusters reboot they did this summer. Sure. I enjoyed it. But I think if they would have went more practical, like agreed, a, like a couple of plumbers with just their gear, mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, not the you know, all the cool little gadgets. Yeah. I think if they went just practical, it might have fared I better. I agree with you 100 percent. Yeah. And I mean, in this movie, only there is 64, 63, 64, 65. Depends who you talk to or what you read. Um, uh, visual effects shots in the entire movie and you'd think there's a lot more well, I think there's only and what 14 minutes of dinosaurs in the whole movie yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so you talk about the miniseries yeah. the movie yeah. only had 14 minutes yeah. of dinosaurs um, and like the, w the one the one big uh, effect shot was actually not even a dinosaur but was Lex yeah when yeah, she the falls face through the ceiling they had replacing her face they had to there was her stunt double because she looked up yeah and they they liked it, but they had the they had the CGI Lex's face on the the stunt double. Um, but for me, th that that's what makes this movie so like personal, because you know there's something there behind it. And I mean, 65 visual effect shots in this movie versus 
over a thousand for the Avengers, over I think twelve hundred seventeen. Right, but it works for those. Those are comic book movies. It does. So you need that because you expect that out of a sure. comic book. They had those those fancy things and the you know everything. I that, get that's it. what exists in comic books. So it, like CGI works in comic book movies, mm-hmm. but things that are supposed to be real life, like the I mean I'm joking, real life, but Ghostbusters, which is supposed to, like Ghostbusters, is supposed to be these gang of paranormal exterminators that exist and just like any other blue collar profession would in New York City, mm-hmm. and that's why that worked. Jurassic Park, you were supposed to believe that this park really existed. Mm-hmm. And they did it. I think they did it really well in Jurassic World with the CGI. But I think so. Still, there wasn't so much destruction. Like, yeah. It, was it wasn't, it wasn't um, Transformers. <laughs> Let's go to my last pick. In Jurassic Park, the place to go to satisfy a Tyrannosaurus-sized hunger is McDonald's, where something big is happening to your favorite extra-value meal, dino-sizing. For just a little more, get dino-sized fries and a large drink in one of six free Jurassic Park collector things. Dino-sizing. What you want is what you get at McDonald's today. And now at McDonald's, dinosaurs come to life on six Jurassic Park collector cups. Get one free when you buy a large drink or dino-sized extra-value meal. But hurry before they're extinct. So, a little bit of trivia squeezer. Do you remember Dino Size? Oh, yeah. This went on to become Super Size. McDonald's liked it so much, they decided to keep it. This was the dawning of Super Sizing. Wow. Which would, what McDonald's would become known for throughout the 90s and 2000s until Morgan Spurlock made his movie, Super Size Me, <laughs> talking about how McDonald's will kill you. I, I remember my, I had my dad buy me a Dino Size just because I wanted it. I barely got a, a quarter way through the amount of food so it was the, the giant fries and the like five gallon cup but it was a souvenir cup of soda so you, you had enough fries to feed a village in africa <laughs> <laughs> and enough soda to maybe fill a small swimming pool and yeah this was dino size and then they had the tying cups they really couldn't do happy meal toys after the 1992 batman returns debacle i don't think they were going to put their foot into the <laughs> happy meal toy but they should have that would have been awesome oh yeah so yeah dino size well, we don't need to say much about it It was just a cool i always like the cool mcdonald's was such a huge part of the 90s and 80s mm-hmm. with tying and stuff i wanted to throw that in and again it's, it kind of adds to that me the the, the realism that that sense that i kind of my head canon making Jurassic Park real. And also to point out in the commercials, part of the deal was no actors from the films were in any of these product commercials. Yeah, it was a guy dressed up like Grant in this yeah. commercial. Uh, even like the fruit roll-up one, yeah. the, the cinnamon toast crunch one, that weird, is different kids, diff- other people pretending to be someone involved in Jurassic Park. Huh. But yeah, part of the deal was you do not get the cast. Huh. Well, that's cool. So... That wraps up. We're going to go out with the theme song, but we decided, I decided last minute to go. Just like the movie ends, when you're on a helicopter, you're right now in a helicopter leaving the disaster that was the Raiders podcast that blew up (laughs) and went over an hour. And we talked, we could have went, we could have went longer. We're we're hamstrung. This is going to be like 1991 and 1988. We'll come back. I mean, we got to. We could, we could. Break we don't down. need. We don't even need like topics and points. Just we'll sit down one day, turn on the mics, and start talking about Jurassic Park. Yes. Uh, thanks for listening to the Rad Years podcast. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>